Yo, what is up, Adam? Oh, nothing much. What's going on, Mason? Not much at all. Just chillaxing at home, relaxing for the the, the short weekend that is always around mm-hmm. the corner and always almost over. That's true. Work's always knocking at the front door when it's the weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, you know what a good a good thing to do this weekend would be, Mason? What is that? Uh, go on your phone, go to Instagram. Okay. All right. Search at Assemblage Bevco. Okay. And smash that uh, follow button. That's all you have to do, yeah. and that will automatically make your weekend that much better because you will see whenever we release a new podcast, you'll see whenever we post. And all that good stuff. So make sure you go this weekend, or why not wait? Or why why wait why for the wait? weekend when you could just do it right now? Uh, follow us. So pause this episode right mm-hmm. now and go follow us. Yeah, and I mean, even better, if you are listening to it on Spotify, you can just swipe up on Spotify, click on Instagram, at Assemblage Bevco, and follow us. And that would make us happy. And... Uh, yeah, I guess Mason, you ready for episode forty-seven? Ooh, forty-seven. We're almost to the Ooh. big five-zero. We're almost we there. Do something special. When that yeah, comes around. yeah. I think we got to have a guest on episode fifty. I, I, I think, think we got to get it. We got to get a guest on episode fifty. So, uh, if you want to be on episode fifty, slide into our DMs on Instagram. But we'll Ooh. only have you on the show if you follow us on instagram um but yeah episode 47 uh we're back we are live and we are ready to go and we're talking about the oh so infamous keyboard warriors today we all know a keyboard warrior yep they're they're lurking in the shadows they're there to complain about anything that's ever slighted them or made them upset they're gonna plaster it all over the internet um and you know i think that just like last week you know we're gonna have some lighthearted fun uh we're gonna throw some shade and if you're offended by this podcast maybe you are a keyboard warrior if you think this podcast is funny keep doing what you're doing and uh just be kind to people it's not that hard um so i think to start it off the the worst part about the the world we live in, at least like on, <clears throat> well, there's a lot of bad things about the world we live in, but uh, the the power of social media and online reviews and things like that, like it makes everyone empowered and it makes everyone a critic, even if you have no credibility, right? Like yeah. you could you could you don't even have to eat someplace. Or you don't even have to buy something and you can write a review. Um, I think there's so many people that just need to take a fucking chill pill. And, you know, you don't have to get online and rip someone a new asshole at just because they overcooked your steak or because your Amazon package showed up a day late. Like, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Relax. Yeah. Let's think about it. It's There's just food. It's just food. It's just, you know, your 
whatever you buy on on Amazon, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but there's a lot of online platforms, Mason, and uh, some I think are better than others. But um, I think there's one that kind of rubs us both the wrong way. But I also think it was like one of the first as well. So like mm-hmm. it's got one of the biggest names. Yep. And it kind of is a word that kind of makes you, I guess, bark or yelp is I guess what you could say. Oh, oh, Yelp. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yelp. Maybe arguably the worst current platform for really understanding if a place is good or not, only because of all the clutter in there. I don't know how you feel, but I never check it. I may see it there. I go, wonderful, you're on Yelp, and then move right along to one of my preferred platforms yeah i mean i agree with you and and i think that you know yelp is tough because there's a lot that goes into it right like you don't have to actually have eaten at this restaurant so yelp reviews it could be swayed in the wrong direction from maybe people who work there giving them positive scores the owners giving it positive scores the owner's paying for a higher Yelp score, which is possible, or at least like they can get rid of some bad scores, um, you know, or it can be swayed the opposite where maybe you have some sort of personal problem with the owner or someone who works there and you can just go on and give them bad scores and you don't even have to ever step in, step foot in the place. Um, wild. Just which wild. is wild, right? Like. If, if you want, if especially if you're going to a new city or you're looking for a new place to eat, right, and you don't know, you're going to go on Yelp or you're going to Google, you know, places to eat near me. And the first thing that's going to pop up is Yelp because of algorithms and all that kind of stuff. And you might see someone have a bad Yelp score for whatever reason. Maybe they're a bad restaurant. Maybe they've just, you know, had some tough breaks on the uh, interwebs, but you know, they just don't care about the interwebs and just whatever people write, they write. Yeah. So I think it's, it's really unfair. And I think that it's, it's tough because these reviews can make or break your business. And uh, you know, just because someone's having a bad day and you know, maybe their steak got a little bit overcooked or, Maybe they don't know what they actually ordered and they're pissed off and they write a bad review like that can crush someone's livelihood or multiple people's livelihood. Right. Like the owners on the top, but all their staff, they need people to come in to get paid. And it's a whole, you know, chain of events. So maybe before you plaster all your your hatred and your your hurt feelings all over Yelp, think about who it's affecting. You know, just take a moment. I I really like that. Just yeah. take, a, take a breath. Yeah. Is it really necessary to breathe so heavily that you feel like you need to throw hands at mm-hmm. the, the manager that's just trying to literally give you your money back or make things right for you? But no, you got to scream at them. No, no. Yeah. You got to write a bad review about them. No, you've got to really write a re- mm-hmm. really bad review. Well, and a lot of the people too... Um, that write bad reviews, they're the same people who, when they're, when they're at the restaurant, if they've got an issue with something, they'll be like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's great. 
and then they'll wait till they get home and then they're like oh the manager just ignored me and didn't come over and help me and the food sucked and blah blah blah. it's like most good managers i won't say all all managers but most good managers if you bring something to their attention right like your steaks overcooked or you know your server's not being attentive most managers will do whatever it takes to get on your good side they'll go above and beyond they'll bring out a dessert they'll comp an entree you know whatever it is and you don't want to take advantage of that like niceness but they also know and i've been on the manager side i know you currently are in that role like if you see an unhappy guest like you're going to do everything it takes to get them swayed back in the right direction you know maybe they're still not 100 percent pleased but they might say wow you know the food wasn't good or the service wasn't good but Mason was amazing and, you know, he really made sure that I had a great experience. Maybe you gave him a gift card or you comped their drinks or whatever it may be. And that can go a long way for people um, because yeah. there's people have bad days. Restaurants have bad services. Like if they try to do something to kind of like get you back in the door or make it so you don't have a bad taste in your mouth, like. All you have to do is just bring it to their attention. Some managers don't realize that something's going wrong because they've got they're being pulled in a million directions. They've got a lot going on. So they're a new manager, whatever. They're a new manager. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. So like, maybe just be nice, say something, don't make it a big deal, and you'll be surprised um, that you'll probably be a lot happier as a person because you won't have all that built up anger. And, uh, you know, the, the restaurants will be able to do their thing and, and keep their guests happy. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the next one, Mason, I forgot to ask, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, yeah. I am drinking a tequila lemonade with a seltzer top. What are you drinking? Nice. What kind of seltzer? Uh, so we got like a mandarin orange seltzer to splash on top. Nice. Um, I'm drinking tequila tonic. Uh, a little nice. splash of lemon um, tonight. Ooh. And um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I've been on, a, I've been a big tequila guy for a little bit, but uh, last night I was enjoying some Classe Azul, um, which was very nice. Fun. Just Classe Azul, neat. Just straight up. Yeah, it was oh, very yeah. good. Nice and warm in your tummy, make you feel so yummy. Mm-mm-mm. You already oh, know. Yeah. I already know. And I think the next one, which I, I think is much better and it's more just for restaurants and it's a, it's a platform for reservations as well. But like, I, I do really like open table as far as if I'm going to read reviews, which I really don't. Um, the only time I might is if I'm going to like, (coughs) excuse me, a new city or somewhere I've never been before. Um, and it's more so like, I don't really read reviews. I just, okay. Do they have over four and a half stars or do they have over four stars? Great. Like they're probably a, a decent restaurant. Um, yeah. but I think that the good thing about open table is obviously the only tables, the only restaurants that are on open table are the ones that use that as their reservation platform. But I like it because in order to rate something on open table, you have to have eaten there. You can't just go on open table and rate a restaurant because you have an issue with it. You actually have had to eat there. Um, Beautiful safety. What's that? 
beautiful like safety net for mm -hmm. the, the restaurant because you know having somebody hear about somebody's bad experience and then write the review because of that and then just continual continuization of everybody else or multiple people just or a really pissed off guest just wants to get every single person they know to write a bad review about you at least they can't right yeah. it's just the one person right and you know again like adam was saying before managers they want to make it right so let them know beforehand they're gonna probably make it right the best they can yeah yeah and it it, it is amazing because the last restaurant i worked at we one of our like as a manager our bonus structure was based one of our criteria was we had to have an open table score of like above a 4.7 and um it's kind of crazy how that algorithm works and like how scores affect it's like for every one star review you have to get 10 five star reviews to counteract that one negative review so it's like you could be on your stuff for for nine tables and you get a one star review or a two star review and it really like crushes your your rating so it's like it's crazy because in in my personal life i i don't care about ratings right but when you when your like money depends on it and that's why as managers a lot of them will go above and beyond because they're potentially compensated for their reviews so they're going to make sure that you have a good time. So it's just kind of, it, it's sad, but it's the world we live in, like all these reviews. And yeah. Yeah. And it, it's kind of funny that you brought up the amount it takes, you know, of one bad review for 10 perfect reviews. Mm -hmm. Like that comparison of what you need so many more to make great things happen for just to get rid of one. And I think that kind of works in both ways, especially as a manager, like somebody who has a really bad time is going to tell five or 10 people, somebody who doesn't have a very good time or who has a really great time um, is going to tell me one or two people. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it expands exponentially as soon as somebody has a bad time. And I think that's something that managers really do want to, you know, fix and, create so that you leave them an awesome review or you know you don't leave them anything at all and just leave with a great time and that's right. it yeah yeah and you know to kind of move on like to the next one google is obviously like google is such a huge platform right like huge pretty much any time you search the web unless you have like bing or one of those other like kind of um safari well, not Safari, because even Safari, like whenever I Google, Google. or I type something, Google pops up, right? Like, but there's other, um, I don't search know what the engines. search engines, thank you. There's other search engines, but like most of the time, Google is the preset one. Um, yeah. So Google is, I feel like it's a mixed bag, right? Like I've seen some some decent Google reviews and I'm like, oh, like that's solid. But it's also like, the funny thing is with Google is you get points like your Google account gets points if you review restaurants or review businesses. So like I've because when we owned our own restaurant, like we would 
look at Google reviews and, you know, just kind of look at all these other, all these platforms and just kind of see what people are saying. Right. And, um, it's interesting because you can, when you, when someone reviews you on Google, you can like click on their profile and you can see all of their reviews. So, Mm. you know, like if Bob gives you a one star review, you can say, all right, well, that's kind of bullshit, but you can look and like, most of the time, Bob gives everyone one-star reviews. Like, he's just an asshole. He's just a troll, right? But then there's also, like, people who write really elaborate Google reviews because they know they get points. And, like, I don't know what you do with the points. I don't know if they give you, like, a gift card or something. But, like, it, it's kind of a weird... I got into, like, a, a big rabbit hole on Google reviews one time. So. And just got sucked in. Yeah. Oh. I was like, there's levels to this, man. Yeah, I can definitely. It makes sense that you add points to that because then you reward the person for continuously giving feedback, which, mm-hmm. again, we definitely, as restaurateurs, restaurants, we definitely want feedback, but in the most polite way is a great way to give it to us. Yeah, you know? and, and honestly, just like honesty, like yeah. kind honesty. I like that kind honesty. That's a great combination of words right there. Yeah. That is the key. Because even if you're upset, you know, you could write a, maybe a not so good review, but like, I, and I don't, I don't review anything. Like, even if it's the worst meal of my life or the best meal of my life, like, I, I don't review. Like, I, I don't know if I just don't care that much or if I know what it can do to a business. Like I could probably count on one hand the amount of like actual reviews I've given something. It's different. Like if you go to, I don't know, like I'll rate. I don't even know what you rate these days, but like the bathroom cleanliness at the airport. Yeah. Like Ding. I'll, I'll yeah. give it a smiley give a face, thumbs right? Up. Yeah. No. <laughs> Walmart exit, thumbs up. Okay, like how do we do today? You know, I'm gonna give them thumbs up every time because, like, I don't really, you know, the the cleanliness of Walmart when I'm in there is not something that's like gonna fucking ruin my day, right? Like, because it's like it's Walmart. (laughs) Like, your expectations are not can't be that high, right? It's it's Walmart. So, um, where you're at, that adds a lot to it too. Yeah. But like for me, you know, if it if it prompts me, like if I were to go to a restaurant and like immediately after I eat, like something popped up and it was like, how do we do like, oh, yeah, like I'll do it. But like for me to drive home and then get on my phone or get on my computer and write a review like I. It's just not me. Do you do you review stuff, Mason? Uh, I do periodically, but I try to. Just take everything with a grain of salt and like listen to what they're saying, but not dwell on it. And if, you know, there's, you know, 50 reviews and, you know, some of them are positive or majority of them are positive and some negative, I'll just look at what everybody said, even positive and negative. And maybe even group them together because of keywords that they used. Mm-hmm. Like X person was not super nice, or the ground was all is always dirty, or the trashes seem to be always full. Right? 
I get that kind of review, I know, hey, for my, my staff, I can re-edit things and make sure that they're out there changing the trashes more often or maintaining the tables or whatever it may be to, to make the guests that may have written those negative or semi-negative reviews that a little bit of like, hey, they're actually making, making moves. Mm-hmm. They're, they're making changes, you know? Yeah, but do you do you ever like write reviews? No. Like if you go out to eat with Alex, like do you ever go home and say, "Man, that really fucking pissed me off tonight at the restaurant." Like they didn't pour a tasting of my wine and they just poured my wine glass 3 quarters of the way full like No. Yeah, I don't ever. It's yeah. just It is I mean, what it is. Well, me and Alex will talk about it and Yeah. You know. Yeah. Be like, mm, we're going back, or mm, we're not going back ever again, kind of thing. But yeah, that's kind of how I am too. Like, I'll talk to people about it. Like, if I go to work the next day and like, oh, what'd you do last night? Like, I'll be like, hey, went to this restaurant, it was great, or eh, I probably wouldn't go back, right? Like, but I'm not gonna sit there and like drag a restaurant through the mud. Like, it's just more so that water cooler conversation. Um, yeah, and you know, but like you could probably shit on my table and like, I still wouldn't say anything online. Like it's just not that serious to me. Like I've seen it all. You're telling me a server comes, zips down their pants, takes a squat on your table. You're not going to say anything. I mean, I'd probably say something to the manager, like what the fuck is going on here? But like, for then me to go home and write a review absolutely not right on respect Respect. yeah like i'd be like that was fucking bizarre but you but the thing is too like you never know like that could be a disgruntled employee like you know maybe i'd follow up with the restaurant the next day be like hey what happened to that person right like that was kind of fucked up like i'm not gonna write a review about it but like is that person okay like (laughs) what was the what happened right like it it, that's just kind of a bizarre Uh, thing and obviously that's such an extreme example but like yeah it it goes to show you like how much and again like we've been in this industry a long time and we've seen it all we've been on both sides of (laughs) great dining experiences we've been on both sides of bad dining experiences like it really would have to be something crazy for me to get on my phone and write a review yeah well should we move on to the professionals yeah yeah definitely right on the people so, we should actually be listening to not, not the google not, reviewers or the the fucking yelpers or the social media lights or the mm-hmm. whatever posters or all the other critics that don't have a, a background or mm-hmm. some something some to to verify hey verify real yeah so mason what's what's something that you would listen to like if you were to read reviews or if you were to like go to a new city what's something that you would kind of look out for and if you were to see it you'd be like oh shit like let's go here or like i know this is a good place to eat what's something that you kind of see well, first off, you know, going to a new city, uh, like I'm always looking at star reviews. You know, you can go to different 
different places that, you know, give the one through five star. That's a great way to review. Michelin guides, that's another mm-hmm. great way to review. Um, and word of mouth is a really big thing. Like, I I know enough people that know enough people that know a restaurant in whatever town I'm going to, mm-hmm. that know the place to be. And using those connects is what I think really makes the restaurant industry so expansive, but yet so small at the same time, because man, so-and-so worked with you at so-and-so and now you run so-and-so. Yep. Right. It's just, just like that. Or you're a part of the team creating something amazing here. And it's just how the industry kind of works. It's just everybody travels from here to there and goes everywhere and wants to be a part of every inch and different worlds of our industry being front, back, you know, mm-hmm. management, not. And it's just wild. Um, yeah. What about you? What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, like. Michelin for sure. Um, but obviously Michelin's not in that many cities. Um, they're I think in five right now and, or maybe four. And then they're coming to Atlanta actually, uh, like the first Atlanta Michelin guide will be, uh, next year, which is pretty exciting. Um, kind of lukewarm about it as someone who lives in Atlanta, like, and you drive in Atlanta traffic every day, like, I don't know what that's going to do to the traffic, which is scary because it's already terrible. Um, but, you know, like, for me, if Michelin's not there, one kind of thing that I do trust is Eater, um, which is pretty website. much in any, like, big city. Um, <clears throat> they usually have some good articles um you know again i still take it with a grain of salt because obviously someone's being paid to write these reviews but eater is a pretty credible site and a pretty credible like um media company so i do if i'm going to a new city like for example i went to detroit back in may for a wedding and olivia and i when we were on the plane we jumped on you know like where to eat in detroit and First thing that popped up was Eater. Like, okay, cool. Like, let's look to see what they have. Um, especially to like, we were only there for a day and a half. So it's like, we didn't really have that much time to like eat at a bunch of restaurants. So we wanted to like, make sure that our dining experience that we did have was as good as it could be. Um, and the restaurant we ate at was super solid, like delicious food and everything like that. So, um, but I kind of want to dive more into like Michelin Um, cause it's been a topic of conversation a lot at my work with, you know, being in Atlanta and, and everyone's got their fucking opinion on who should have a Michelin star and who shouldn't and so on and so forth. So, and Mason, we've, we've eaten at a three Michelin star restaurant together, um, which was pretty amazing. But, uh, I think, I think we should kind of like run through basic Michelin and what it means. Yeah. Um, so give everybody the download. There's only three stars for Michelin. Um, and basically like one star is like being the, the best professional athlete or team in the world kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Two is like beyond that. And like, you're just overly the top. You are the known of the known. 
And then three Michelin star is like being the gods of the food world. Like you set the tone for the world of how things kind of change and move and what techniques people are trying and creating or whatever it may be. And so one star when being guided is a very good restaurant in its category. And it's, this is direct words from the Michelin website. Two star is excellent cooking, uh, worth a detour. And three star, exceptional cuisine, worth a special journey. Now, these are just like simplistic and there's Mm -hmm. so much you can add to that. And like the small criteria, which this is like just a bullet point list. And there is so much you have to dive into once you actually start living this world and what you need to do. But the quality of the product, the mastery of the flavor and the cooking technique, the personality of the chef representing in the dining experience value for your money and consistency consistency between each inspector because they do multiple visits before giving you a full review it's not just one shot you got to be right every time Mm -hmm. and it's not just you it's you and every other table right next to you because they're looking at everything and everyone making sure everything is prim and proper yeah i mean during that like there's you know because i've You've did Gramercy have a star? Yeah, they were one. One star. So, you know, Mason and I have both worked in um man, your the dogs are going crazy going today. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're excited for the Michelin guide. Oh, yeah. Uh <laughs> but you know, so you worked in a one star restaurant. I worked for a company who had a three and a one. And while the bar I worked at wasn't Michelin, it was like world's fifty best. So kind of the same standards, right? And when you have these inspectors come in, like they come in, they come in and they, you know, you don't know who they are, right? They're, they're like mystery diners, so to speak. Um, typically, I think they come in in groups of three. I think there's like three of them that come in and it's usually like, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's usually two men and a woman. That and might be right they like do certain things that like they try to bait the restaurant, right? Like they might drop their fork and they see how long it takes for someone to pick it up. Or they, when they get up and use the restroom, they like crumple up their napkin and they wait for someone to fold it. Like there's, there's different things that they kind of look for that are outside of just the food and the immediate service. Right. Cause they're looking for something that in the three star realm is something that you would plan a trip to go to a restaurant like the rest of your trip is revolved around eating at this restaurant and uh you know so they want they don't want to like just give everyone three stars because you know if someone's gonna spend not only a lot of because the three michelin star restaurant is expensive to eat at right so put the rest of the trip aside like a tasting menu at a three Michelin star restaurant could cost you between 250 to $500 a person. That's I mean, a that, reasonable that's range. a lot. It's a lot of money. And then you've yeah. got to pay for a hotel. You've got to pay for maybe a flight or car ride or however long. And then 
if you've made this trip, you're probably going to stay for a couple days. So like it could cost you a couple thousand dollars to eat at this restaurant all in, right? Like your whole weekend or your whole experience. So they want to give that value for money, I guess, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean like it's the cheapest place to eat or it's the most expensive place. But like, if you're going to be making this investment to travel to this three Michelin star restaurant, it's got to be worth something at least to someone. So, and a lot of people, <clears throat> right. They don't, they don't care. Like they would never make a trip out of a, to, to go to a three-star restaurant because food's not that important to them or service isn't that important to them. Like for me, I love that stuff. Like, cause I've yeah. seen what it takes to get there. So I want to see other people striving for that. Like I'm out of it now. Like, and I would never go back and work in a, world's 50 best place or michelin star place because like i've just i've been out of it for too long so like and i i've seen how it can be and i see the downsides and the positives so it's like i'm okay but i still love going and like seeing it and eating at those places and and kind of enjoying it and i i'm sure you feel the same way mason like we're we're too yeah. old to be not i mean we're not because there's <laughs> we're there's, not. Yes. there's there's people who you know do it their whole life right and like yeah i say that because it's like i've done it i've lived that part of my life and now i'm okay with not being chasing those stars chasing that like high of being the best restaurant right like now i'm at a point where i'd rather just go eat at those places yeah I, I think you get to a point sometimes with it because it, it absorbs so much of your life and, um, it's so, it needs to be ingrained in your body and soul to create that kind of level of service, mm -hmm. um, that you get to a point where you're just like, I'm good on making it. I want to be a joiner. I want to eat there. I want to be there. I want to experience it. I don't want to create the experience anymore, but yeah. those values definitely get carried with you into every job you do afterwards in terms, maybe not to that level anymore, but pretty damn close. It's ingrained in here, at least for a while, you know, like it's the first couple jobs I had after I worked at, um, that bar aviary, I, you know, kind of treated every place like, well, at, at aviary we did this right like and it's the best restaurant like and you kind of get into a, you like the way your demeanor is the way you carry yourself the way you even do shit at home um and again like going back i know we talked about the bear was that last episode might have been a couple of them too you and know? It, it is kind of crazy like you know you see richie in that episode right like he's working at the made up three michelin star restaurant in chicago and like he gets home and he's like organizing his magazines and his stuff on his counter, like putting everything in its place. It's like, it, it's true. It does working in those places does do that to your, to your mental, you know, and, and both in a positive way and in a very negative way. Cause on the flip side of it, yeah, you, you carry a lot of those positive traits with you, but it can be a toxic work environment. Typically the pay is not very high. And there's a whole slew of not so great things that come with it. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I definitely love Michelin. Um, you know, like I'm, I love eating at Michelin star restaurants. Can't always afford them, but like, it's something that when I'm looking at ratings, I'm always interested to see when the Michelin guide comes out, who got a star, who retained their stars, who moved up, all that kind of stuff. And who moved down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right on. Well, after you got the beautiful food, now you need somebody to inspect the restaurant. Or before you get Ooh. the beautiful food, you need someone to inspect the restaurant. That's true. Yeah, this is a this is a not so fun review. Um, important, very, important. but not so fun, and it can make restaurant tours and executive chefs and managers cringe when this person walks through the door. Health inspector. Yep. Ooh. Not fun. Um, yeah, and it's only be- it's only not fun because. You know, you you train, you do things right all the time, and then somebody, something seems to just not click on that day. Mm-hmm. They don't follow proper procedures in one one aspect. Yeah, and you're just like, mm, yeah, and your mind kind of explodes. But you know. It all works out. It all works out in its favor. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, kind of the most strict or I should say regulated countries for food safety is probably America. Definitely. Like, I think we overly sometimes. Yeah. I mean, most restaurants are like, you've got to get inspected like three times a year. They come in at the most inconvenient time usually when shit's hitting the fan like you've already been having a bad day you know maybe the restaurant's not as tidy as it should be and that's when they come in middle of service during a rush and you're there having to deal with the health inspector um so mason kind of what are some of the criteria for the american health inspectors association of fucking people's days up (laughs) oh yeah well it's very interesting because in america um we kind of have like a set standard but we don't like the american health association makes the the food safety and inspection service the fsis is the ones who all grade across the united states but Every state, it's to set their own standards of what that means to the bare minimum of what they have set. So generally, it's a 100-point scale lettering, A to C, D, E, F, G, whatever, Z, you know, how bad are you kind of a thing. Um, But, um, you know, as Adam and I have chatted with and talked about, you know, some places they've decided just to go with a pass or fail or, um, you know, no lettering and only score or only lettering and no score. Mm-hmm. But generally following what the general guidelines of the Food and Drug Administration and whatever other people who have their hands in the pot kind of thing. 
Yeah, and it, it is kind of crazy. Like we were just talking, you know, I'm from Indiana and food safety in Indiana, it's a pass or fail. Like you don't have a letter grade, you don't have a number score, you don't have to post that you obviously have to pass or else they'll shut you down, but you don't have to like post your your score, right? Like whereas in New York City, you have to post it in your front window so people see it when they walk past. Um Georgia is kind of like in between where they give you a number. You have to display it, but it doesn't have to be like visible if you would. Like it doesn't have to be like right in the front door or, you know, it just has to be posted somewhere, you know, framed and posted. So you could put it in the bathroom or you could put it in, the, you know, behind another picture or something like that. Um but yeah, and I think uh, North Carolina. Do you do you have to post it in the window? Doesn't need to be posted in the window, but needs to be posted somewhere in the restaurant, visible mm. in the restaurant. Man. So that's the key word, visible. Yeah, but be... South Carolina is just pass or fail. Yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, you know, and it, it, it's so hit or miss who your health inspector is, right? Like. I've had health inspectors in the past who were just there turning and burning through restaurants. They were not nitpicking anything. They were just like, yeah, whatever. Like, looks great. Great job. We'll see you in six months. And then I've had health inspectors on the other end are who like nitpick every little detail. And of course, they, they're the ones who come in right after the lunch rush or right as, you know, someone's not feeling well at work, right? Like they're, and then it's a whole, a whole deal. So you're running one down, mm -hmm. you're feeling tight. And then you also need to step off the line to now follow with the health inspector instead yep. of helping the line crush out. The yeah. <sighs> yeah. So they always come in at the worst times. Um, but it, it's kind of interesting. Like I know, you know, I've seen it firsthand, like in Europe, how much more lax, food safety is over there like i've seen some real dicey stuff in europe and there i was just like that's like definitely not so like <laughs> yeah i'm like you know like cutting raw chicken and then cutting raw vegetables right after it's like okay i mean i get it like sometimes here in the united states like yeah that cross contamination is bad right but food like surf safe they they take everything to the extreme right like if you have a dented can you will get botulism and you will die like we we had a food safe our food safety instructor at cia he would he did you have that guy or did yeah, you already I think take the same guy yeah aaron lens yeah Sh shout out uh... him if he's listening to this piece of shit but um <laughs> he like it, he was very much <sighs> in the camp of like you know, if you touch raw chicken with your bare hands and you don't wash your hands right after, you will die. It was like so fucking extreme. Like, yes, it's important to wash your hands. Yes, it's important not to cross contaminate. But like, there's a lot of people who cook in their homes and they don't know food safety and they do all that stuff and they're still alive. Right? Like, there's, there's levels to it. Like... I get it as a restaurant because you're feeding the masses. Like you, you can't do certain things. You have to keep up standards. Like, and I'm all for it because 
again, I've seen in Europe and like I've seen some real dicey shit that I'm like, where's your health inspector? Like, how is this? How is this an establishment? Um, but, you know, like I think that there's there could be a middle ground um, to both. And it, it's interesting because in Great Britain, they have a, a zero to five scale with five being like two thumbs up, you're good to go. And zero being uh, needs urgent improvement. So <laughs> I, I, I don't Is know that if like, that means like... I should like, shut you down? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if that's like you're you're done, like you, you can't reopen until you get your shit figured out. Or like, hey, buddy, better luck next time. We'll be back in three <laughs> months to check on you again. Like... I don't, I don't know what that means. And uh, if anyone does, if anyone's from Britain that, that, or Europe that listens to this and can clarify how that scale works, um, I'd be interested to, to know. Um, and then kind of like to the other extreme, and I'm, I'm sure that there's more Something. information that, that's not being put on the internet but uh, like in Asia, very little, little information about how they handle food safety and health inspectors or health inspections. I'm sh- there has to be something, right? Like, of course, like the big cities, the big towns definitely have something specific. But like the small rural, rural areas, it's probably just a toss up. Just the Wild West. Yeah, honestly, it might yeah. be serious. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, I feel like there's just like so many like food, um, like outdoor markets and stuff like that in Asia. It's like, I'm, there's probably just so many restaurants that they wouldn't be able to hire enough people that could like actually go around and, you know, test all those people. Like, I don't, I don't know what it takes to get a business license in an Asian country, right? Like in the US, it's not hard to get a business license or a, to start an um, LLC or something like that. But like in order to serve food, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. Like yeah. it's not just a health inspection. It's like you have to have a business license. You have to have insurance. You have to have this. You have to have that. Like I don't fire know. Safety code. Fire safety. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes it. into it. Um, whereas yeah. like I don't know what it takes to open up a food stand at an outdoor market in Asia. Like it could Maybe be strict. I, I don't know. Yeah. We're just fucking show up. You got and a start, place to do it. <laughs> just show up Great. and start making food. I don't know. Like it might be, it might be, I don't know. So it, I think that again, there's a middle ground. Um, there's no perfect system, but I think it would be nice if there was some consistency state to state. Just from and like a country to country, huh? And or a country to country, just to yeah, kind of like just help the world. So we're all on the same page, right? Like whether it's the zero to five scale, like they have in Great Britain, or if it's a hundred point scale, or if it's a letter, or if it's just pass fail. Like I think knowing that we're eating in safe places is important. I you know, but I also yeah. I've also eaten in some dicey restaurants before, and I'm like, oh, I don't really care what they got on their food stand, like what their health inspector score is. I don't right? want to know. And I don't want to okay. know. Yeah. And it's kind of like the same thing with reviews, right? Like, I'm never going to, or I won't say I never look at reviews, but I very rarely look at reviews. 
just like I very rarely look at someone's posted food safety score. If it's even posted anywhere, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I can kind of judge from like looking at the floor, looking at the bathrooms, like how clean this place is. Yeah. You that's know, a, that's a fair statement. Yeah. But I think it's time to move into our question of the day, which is kind of along those lines of like food safety. And I want to know Mason and we want to yeah. know just from like a, everyone who's listening to this, what red flag would you need to see to not eat at a specific restaurant? Like what's your red flag at a restaurant that you're like, I'm not going back there. Yeah. Well, my big two, you know, one cleanliness around the restaurant, just in general, mm-hmm. right? Specifically with that, the bathrooms, they have to be pristine or good in a great spot kind of thing. Like if it's just a fucking mess in there, <laughs> no paper towel, no soap. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not eating there. I'm just going to walk out. Yeah. But if not that personally, the health health inspection is part of it like the score is the score yeah what is your score kind of thing or what are your your tails like if you if you don't have it posted because of the location you're in if i walk in and i'm walking into the cash register going how may i help you then i'm probably gonna Mm -hmm. you know turn right around yeah but or you know, the more inconspicuous that people do all the time, which is. Yeah, how can I help you? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm OK. Thanks. Appreciate it. Let me let me get some knuckles in that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Knuck it up. <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah, I mean. For me, it's probably the same, right? Like there's no paper towels in the bathroom or like. The, the trash in the bathroom obviously hasn't been taken out in a few days because that would mean like they also probably haven't cleaned the restroom in a couple days if the trash is like way overflowing. And, it, and yeah. there's a difference between like, OK, it's just been a crazy night and they haven't been able to get to it versus like that hasn't been taken out in like at least three days. It, it, it There's a big difference. And, you know, I'm pretty again, I'm pretty lax. Like I've eaten at some, some real dicey established establishments and like, I'm still here to tell the tale. Right. But you know, another one is, or kind of one that I thought was a red flag until I moved down to the South was like bugs being in the restaurant. Mm. Like I always thought like bugs in a restaurant was like, Ooh, this restaurant's disgusting. And then I moved down here and I'm like, Oh no, bugs are just everywhere. And they're massive and it doesn't matter if your restaurant's clean or dirty, like they're going to get in. They're going to get in. Like there's like palmetto bugs, which look like fucking cockroaches. Like they just chill. Like they're they're in my house. Like I find them and they usually scare the shit out of me because it's like late at night and I'm in the bathroom and I hear like and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Where is it? And like, but it's, and it's not like, you know, I live in a very clean house. Like I've worked in restaurants and like, they just show up, right? Like they find their way in and they're just booling in there. Like they, they just do what they want to do. So I always thought that was a red flag, but 
you know, and same with fruit flies, right? Like I always thought, oh, fruit flies mean it's a it's a dirty restaurant. Yeah, it can, but not necessarily like you buy a piece of fruit at your house and they're all over that stuff, like immediately. I don't know where they even come from, but it's just like, <laughs> you know, were you inside the fruit? You know, where the fuck did you come from? So it, those are things that I thought were red flags, but, you know, not necessarily. Yeah. And I think, too, like watching people like touch money and then go and like do something else like that grosses me out, too. Um, yeah, that's something definitely. Yeah. Not handling so much cash. like handling cash. And a lot of a lot of restaurants are cashless now, but like just that like handling cash and then you touch the POS and then like I see you go and like refill my water. I don't know. I, washing hands I, or I, touching I, the yeah. breadsticks. I mean, I'm not going to like Maybe I just don't have that many red flags because, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm never going back to that restaurant again. But, like, I'm definitely going to be like, oh, that was pretty gross. Like, maybe I'm done drinking my water now, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> the would, I ever, would I ever say anything to him? Absolutely not. Probably not. Probably maybe. Not. Probably not. Maybe in a few years. But, you know, one thing that I'm definitely going to do is I'm going to just start reviewing everyone online. I'm going to be a keyboard warrior. If anything, if this podcast has taught me anything, Mason, it's that I should be online more ripping businesses a new one just because I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just that's kidding. how I, I'm that's how I that. picture everybody giving us really bad reviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like one billion dollars. They're like touching their facial hair. One billion. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, we, we definitely want to know, um, that was the question of the day. What red flag would you need to see to not eat at a specific restaurant? We want to know you can answer that both in our, if you listen on Spotify, you can answer that right here on Spotify, swipe up on the podcast, type your little answer. We'd love to see them. Or if it's easier while you're already on our um, Instagram page following us, you can shoot us a direct message or comment on this post. What's your answer? What's your red flags? And um, yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say, but except for, hey, be kind. Rewind. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> take a deep breath. Take it, yeah, you know take what else we need to say? What's that? It's time. To keep on, keep on blending, blend, baby. Blending, baby. Right on. We're always blending. We're always uh, blending. Yeah, smash that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram, and uh, share us with your friends because it means a lot. And uh, oh, I guess yeah. until next time, Mason. Until next time, Adam. Keep on blending. Keep on blending. <laughs> we'll see. You We're not next synced week. up today, but that's all right. Hey, hey, hey! It's okay. Peace.